Welcome to the KayaCast podcast presented by Kaya Push, the cannabis software making people management easy. The KayaCast is all about helping cannabis retailers launch, grow, and scale their business. I'm your host, Tom Mulhern, and I want to invite you to join us each week for conversations with thought leaders in the cannabis industry about their experience and expertise of working in the cannabis. Customer experience is one of the most important aspects of running a retail operation. And this is so true when it comes to cannabis operations, because customers are coming into your store, maybe they're feeling overwhelmed, and your job as a cannabis retailer is to help people along that journey. Today on the show, we have David Thomas, founder of BudSense, and he's going to share some insights into what it takes to really create an amazing experience when they walk into your store. And he's utilizing technology to really handle some of these problems, these issues, these roadblocks when it comes to customer experience and cannabis retail operations. So let's jump into our conversation with David Thomas. David Thomas is the CEO and founder of BudSense and the co-founder of Douglas Dale Cannabis in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. In 2018, he co-founded Jimmy's Cannabis Shop with his brother, John, before selling his company. He's also a partner in Farmer Jane Cannabis Company. He does so much. In 2020, David founded BudSense to help dispensaries with their digital menus, with marketing, and so much more. BudSense really makes selling weed easy. They help dispensaries build better menus and sell more weed at the end of the day. So BudSense is a paper and digital cannabis menu and marketing platform for retail cannabis store operators. I first met David when BudSense was demoing their product to Kaya Push, and I heard his story and I saw the what they had created, and I thought, man, we got to get David on the podcast. So, David, I just want to welcome you here. Welcome to the KayaCast podcast. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. Tom had the ultimate touch point of calling me out in a Zoom call and saying, let's schedule this in. I really enjoyed our conversation on, on that call because we don't always get to reflect back onto the story in the cannabis industry of just moving so fast that it's nice to just, it's nice to just look at it from a different perspective. So that was really fun. Uh, and also just looking forward to the partnership with Kaya that we're, we're building. So uh, yeah, happy to be here. Absolutely. So you're talking about story. Tell me a bit of the story of how you got involved in cannabis. Unexpected, I think, is how I would start. And that goes for legalization. I'm Canadian. I'm from Canada, born and raised in Regina, Saskatchewan. I never thought that cannabis would be legal in in North America, let alone Canada paving the way. So that, that kind of took us off guard. Previous to getting into cannabis, I had a career as an electrical engineer, solving problems. And during that as well, I was working with my brother on starting some entrepreneurial efforts, including some real estate, commercial real estate management, pretty much anything that we could do to just try and do things a little bit differently and use our strengths. And then when cannabis legalization came on the map, we just thought, why not? I like cannabis. I like new things. I like innovating. I like business. Let's try it out. We ended up getting the opportunity to open four stores in Saskatchewan. And once we received our permits, 
we just started learning. I had purchased cannabis online before, but never really in a store. And so we're just, how does this work? How do we, we start learning, start innovating, go down to Oregon. We start going into all the stores, seeing what everyone's doing, a little bit excited, overwhelmed, all these things. You're seeing things, but you don't have the background knowledge to understand the why. So you're trying to figure out the what without the why. And the thing that was intriguing to me the most was merchandising, pricing, product information, and the inaccessibility of it. And if you go into a cannabis store more than pretty much any other store, in my opinion, it's hard to find prices on things at the very smallest amount. That's kind of like the first thing a consumer is looking for. So at the time, I would just like, oh, that's weird. I didn't really understand the why, like I said. So we're bringing all that information back. And I'm thinking, okay, we have to build a merchandising system that we can use remotely. And so that we can create some brand consistency because we were trying to create this brand. And at the time, I had no idea the complexity of cannabis merchandising and product complexity and supply chain and all these things. I just wanted a central located menu system. So we get to work, we start building that. I'm working with, at the time, a consultant, but Andrew Creighton and myself are kind of just working through these problems, sitting on the supply room, figuring out what flour is versus a concentrate and how to categorize it. We know what these products are from a consumer's perspective, not from a supply chain management perspective. So you're building the system. It's pretty complex, but it's me and Andrew sitting in this room, figuring it out. And he's now the CTO of BudSense. So it, it started as this really like, small tool for our small business in Saskatchewan. And what happened was I was just the first customer of, of BudSense. It wasn't called BudSense at the time, but I was asking the dumb questions. I was giving the unrealistic expectations to the feature sets. Like I was pushing the product forward. And what we did with BudSense after we ended up selling our stores and focusing on BudSense was we didn't stop there. We didn't assume that our small Jimmy's Cannabis shop knew all the answers. We started to cross-pollinate ideas and we started to learn from other people. And we took our head out of our silo and we looked at all the different markets. And as our customer base grew, our ability to learn grew. And then we added cultivators and producers and all these really impactful people that have an opinion that needs to be shared about the cannabis industry and infuse that into the flexibility of our product. And ultimately at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create a better consumer experience in a retail cannabis store. So through the consumer's eyes, we are building software that helps retailers make selling weed easier. You obviously took your background, like you said, we're an electrical engineer before getting into cannabis and that problem solving. I love the fact that you guys really were like, there's not a solution, so let's create one. It's ingenious. That's the thing. Like, and I was making a couple of notes because again, I don't like they say the entrepreneurs, they were focused on the gap. We're not focused on the journey. So like when you look back, you're like, oh, that's that was a this has been a crazy four or five years. At a certain point when I'm telling that story, like there's a clear starting point, us getting the permits to launch this business. And then it gets super messy. And it's just because anybody working in the cannabis space right now knows this. You're learning with a fire hose every single day. The last two years of launching what BudSense, like the actual version of BudSense commercially available for retailers to use, that's just a blur. 
because every day what we're doing is we're learning and incorporating it into the platform and building. And even though that we're building at a fast rate, um, for an emerging industry that's going to be global before we know it, we can't build fast enough. You know, we just have to come to the realization that this is a marathon. And at certain points, we just have to take a breath and kind of align ourselves with where we're at or else we just get, we get, at least me, I get way too deep into these problems and then I have to come up for air. BudSense was created by cannabis retailers for cannabis retailers. And I think that BudSense is really unique in that, at least I think so, in the fact that you guys are really an organic cannabis tech company. Have there been challenges in building cannabis specific technology? You know, a lot of times technology is kind of taken from one industry and placed into the cannabis market. Like what sort of challenges or, or, or benefits have you seen in building that organic cannabis tech? There's certainly some of both. Just to start with some challenges, you're absolutely right. Like usually in a cannabis tech solution, you're pulling the bones of the product from a different industry. And I would say that's easier to create immediate market share, but that's harder to get to the root of the problem. So I think from our perspective, we have to play the hand that we're dealt. And the hand that we're dealt is being really close to the problem and really understanding the problem. And then having to start from scratch, basically. So turning that kind of negative into a, into a positive. And then, yeah, so the other part of the question is, we're a cannabis company first. How does that benefit BudSense? You really don't have to look that far. Just knowing the problems inherently, like going through them myself. I, the biggest thing for me is I know that we're not perfect. There's too much going on for a cannabis retailer to be perfect. But you have to pick, you have to pick what you're good at. You have to know what you're bad at and try and make it work. So like knowing we're fighting a losing battle was really valuable. That's just from an operational standpoint. Then it's just the cannabis knowledge infused into our product. It doesn't all come from me. I don't pretend to be an expert. We infuse our entire company, like our whole team, our whole dev team, our whole ops team, everybody, our sales team. We go to retail stores. We go to the back room. We know what an inventory management system looks like. We're going to cultivators where we're looking at grows. We're smelling, we're smelling the plant. We get the product. We're trying to facilitate all these really important voices. And we're trying to tell the story of each and every product to the end consumer and trying to bridge those gaps. So the cannabis knowledge infuses, it, it infuses everything, really. Um, pun not intended. That's where you, the rubber really meets the road. And so that's so good that company-wide, you guys are doing that, getting out there, meeting different retailers. And that's so important to grow that industry knowledge. So this is all great, but what does BudSense do? You know, maybe there's somebody that's new and has, isn't aware of what you guys do. So in a nutshell, what do you guys do? We put prices on products and make product information accessible for the consumer. Uh, our starting point was digital menus. So a digital menu for a cannabis store looks like you have the menu pulling products from your point of sale and displaying them on a digital menu, neither a list or a visual representation. Simply, that's what we're doing. We're pulling in stock product and we're merchandising on a digital platform. That's kind of the starting point. We also have paper menus that we can use, and then we're releasing product cards in the near future. So 
the what is a digital menu that has products on it. The why is it's challenging to keep that up on a store level. The complexity of the inventory in cannabis is such that it's it changes. There's batch specific data, THC changes from batch. Products are always new and the, the cannabis consumer wants new strains. They want to go on a genetic journey. Everything is constantly in flux. So typical package goods, a lot of the merchandising support is facilitated by planograms and quarterly strategy, seasonal. Cannabis doesn't really have seasons yet. It may in the future, but it doesn't. So your merchandising is happening on the fly in the store. And if anybody has managed retail before or managed anything on site, they know that your time of sitting or on your computer is very minimum. You're not building out merchandising plans. You're running around figuring out who's sick, who's coming in, what products are you low on? Maybe you're dealing with a maintenance manager of the facility. There's a lot going on. So BudSense simplifies all of that merchandising to be able to create success. Now there's some, we can get into some more challenges of that and like the why of flexibility if you want, but that's the root of the problem is that there's not the attention to detail available in an organization. And it's not really cost effective to use, even if it was available to do a lot of the merchandising. So that's where Budson comes in and simplifies that and scales it to allow for the retailer to focus on what's important. And that's creating a meaningful customer experience. And speaking of customer experience, BudSense really enhances that, it sounds like. I know when I go into my local dispensary and am looking for a certain thing, it's so confusing because there's all these different strains. There's sativa, indica, CBD, CBN, like all of these things. And it can become so confusing. And that experience is so key. So how is BudSense really enhancing that customer experience? That's a big one. That's a big question because we could talk about that all day. It's, it's the biggest problem. I think the starting point for the conversation is flexibility again, because we're not in the business of telling retailers what to do. But what I do know is that customers have different needs. So a one-size-fits-all solution, although it works to get it, like that's a great starting point. It's not going to resonate with everybody. So when you're thinking, what are my customer types? I have a visual learner. I have a person who likes to be left alone. I have a person who did all of their research online before they came into the store. I have a person who wants to chat for 30 minutes. I have a conversation, figure out what works for me. And then I have a person who, who wants a blend of those things. And then I named five there, but like there's probably 20, 25, you know, there's so many. So what we do is we try and create flexible support for the merchandising. It's not going to be perfect. When, if, if we're looking for perfection here, we're probably looking in the wrong spot. We want to be a cumulative benefit to the customer experience. So if we think a lot of people say, well, 80% of the decisions are, are influenced by the butt tender. And it's like, so, so we don't really need to invest in merchandising. It's like, okay, that's great. But first of all, how stressful is that for the butt tender? They don't have the tools necessary to help them. And what about the customer who doesn't really want to talk to anybody? What do they do? And again, there's no one size fits all solution, but let's just look at the scenario where a customer comes into the store, there's no merchandising, there's no menus, there's no prices on anything. And he's talking to the bud tender. They come to a conclusion of what they're going to buy. The purchasing decision is made. Customer purchases the product, they leave. Revenue goes up. Okay, great. We had a successful transaction, but did we have a successful transaction? What did we leave off the table? Is that person satisfied? And something as subtle is 
a menu for both the bud tender and the customer to look at, yeah, they're still having an engaging conversation, but they could anchor it with visuals. It's not a simple solution, but it's this cumulative benefit to scalable merchandising systems that you can tune and change at scale to assist in your bud tenders who are absolutely the heartbeat of your dispensary. Yeah, because when customers are going in, there's going to be a conversation. There always is. But leading up to that, you guys really facilitate that time. Like I know I've been waiting in line, like kind of looking, okay, what are the deals today? What are the prices on this? And that facilitates that experience. So when I get up there, I at least have a precursor kind of, you know, experience of, okay, this is kind of what I'm looking for as I'm going into to buy whatever it is that I'm buying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it's just, if we move past that issue, okay, we bought in, we have a digital menu in some capacity. It's creating success. There's products there that customers like seeing. But what happens when the 10 products that you were displaying is now 20? Maybe a new category got launched. Maybe some innovation happened where you have your demand changes. Okay, we'll add some more products onto the menu. Now we're at 10, 20. 30, we have a couple options. We can either shrink the text or we can scroll the menu if we wanted to. But now we've altered the visual representation of the products for the customer. So what do we do? Like we need flexibility. Do We can add another screen that has a capital cost. Well, maybe we add paper menus. Maybe we add a tablet. That, that, that works too. Or maybe we change our entire strategy. Maybe we, instead of listing all of the products on the screen, Maybe we use that to highlight six products visually to use it as basket builders. And then we have the core of the menu somewhere else in the store. We could do this all day. It's, it's essentially that flexibility piece where it's just, let's just be comfortable with the notion that what we're doing today is not what we're going to do tomorrow. And that we are very much in the early stage of recreational cannabis. We don't really know what, we don't really know what a retail experience looks like in five years. And that's what, that's what BudSense is really excited about. As you add more product, you can overwhelm a customer to the point where they're like, I, I don't even know what I want. And they just go out. Like one of my favorite restaurants in California is In-N-Out Burger. I, I don't know if you, have you been there? Yeah. In-N-Out? Oh, I love it, man. I love it so much. And their menu, there's four things to choose from. They have a secret menu. You can get it animal style or whatever, but taking away some of that option as opposed to like the cheesecake factory in the States where there's like a whole like notebook of things you can choose and you get overwhelmed and you don't know what you want. So really giving them what they need is so important. Now, I know your guys' system actually uses data to put those products that are really selling, right? Can I talk to that solution of not just like, oh, we'll just choose this and this because they're the cheapest. How does BudSense kind of use data and like technology to get people what, what they need. That's another layer of the onion, right? So we have these menu type flexibility. Now we're diving into how, do, well, how do we create success within a menu? And like you said, there's a lot of different flexible ways of how you can position products on a menu. And then just as a starting point, if we think about how do people read and consume information, and you said it perfectly, how much is too much? And that depends on the reader. Like some readers can digest a lot more than other readers, but when people read, they go left to right, top to bottom. So inherently the product on the top of the menu is going to sell more than the product on the bottom of the menu. So, so, so we know that for sure. So when BudSense looks at data and BudSense thinks about this merchandising problem, 
We don't think reactive data. A lot of the market right now is looking at reactive data. So to say, let's look at historical sales data and form our decisions. The problem with that, even in a complete data set, is it's complicated. It's hard to look at other people's data or even your own data and make insights on it. What we choose to do is say, we have all these products. Where are we going to position and how are we going to position them in the store? to most effectively showcase and sell that product. That's how our data goes from being reactive in nature to we put it on the front end so that we can take the products that we have and know how the tools that we have to sell them. What do we want on the top? What do we want on the bottom? All the things in between. And in order to do that, we can do things like sort. So do we want to sort them alphabetically? Do we want to sort them by price? Maybe by THC? And what is the reason we want to use that sort? So for price, might be a really nice way to start for a value category or maybe a basket building category like edibles. Maybe you start price uh, lowest to highest so that it can encourage some basket building. Or maybe you're a premium store. Maybe you're doing a premium flower menu. Start price highest to lowest. Value that price. Value that premium product. THC is a whole other can of worms, right? If you wanted to organize your menu by THC, top to bottom, you're going to sell a lot of the first product. I can tell you that much. But the problem with THC is we get this buying. It's happening in Canada right now where people are really drawn to the THC number and it's frustrating for cultivators and it's frustrating for retailers. But you got to see from the consumer's perspective, they don't have many numbers to make their decision and they don't have a ton of brand information. So they have price, they have THC pretty much. So when they're looking at a menu, they're saying like, oh, that price looks low, that THC looks high. And I'm simplifying the consumer, right? They're obviously a lot more refined than this, but but essentially they're looking at these two numbers. It's like, well, what else, what else can we infuse that menu with? But keep it simple, like you said, Tom. So do we put a badge on there that shows a visual representation of the product? Maybe it's sour diesel. Maybe we put a little gas can and a lemon to show that it's a sour diesel. Maybe that helps them inform their purchasing decision because they're reminded of that they, oh yeah, I do like diesel strains. I'm going to pick that one up. Or how do we give them another number? But terpenes comes up all the time, right? Terpenes are hard words to say, hard words to understand, and hard words to remember. So how do we simplify it? Total terpenes is a really nice one. At least it communicates something so that they have another number to compare their THC to. So a customer can start saying, okay, maybe this THC number lowered a little bit from what I'm used to, but this total terpene number that communicates value, that's significantly higher. So that probably justifies the premium price. And I'm talking in very layman's terms here, but when we talk about scale, these are the types of subtle changes that will dramatically affect a merchandising strategy over over multiple stores. And there probably comes into play a lot of training then for bud tenders who now that they can customize it so much and they can have so many more tools ready to help customers get the product that they are looking for and that really fits the needs of what they're what they're looking for. That's really cool. Attenders are an interesting one for merchandising because one thing that I, I, I like to remind our retailers about is you're not setting up this merchandising just for the consumer. You're also setting up for the bud tender so that they can use it as a tool to sell the product. And then you can also communicate changes to them. Like it's a lot easier to make chain informational changes on your menu that can be absorbed by your bud tender who's working that shift rather than potentially sending them email communications about new products or whatever. 
it's much better to infuse your entire customer experience with that product information rather than kind of like a quiz or a review email or even a meeting. What are some of the common requests that you receive from business owners? Like what are those roadblocks that they're running into that they're coming to you saying, oh, we need your help, guys. What can you do to help us? There's so many. <laughs> Our entire product roadmap is basically built on ideas that our retailers have. It's really fun when they start chaining together. So like we, we hear something from one person and then it's echoed and improved from another. And then we take it through our filter and we make it happen. Because like when someone comes up with an idea, they typically don't have the full picture of the how we're going to make this into action. But we don't dwell on that. We love just getting the idea. It's constant. Like I'll just, I'll just say a couple that we've recently done, but like taxes and pricing. There's a lot of legacy stores that used to run on cash, you know, and that's changed. And like a lot of the government uh, regulation is now taxes, the pre-tax dollars is pretty much how most of the point of sale systems work. So they want to merchandise taxes included. We did that. We put that in. So it's, do I want taxes and pricing? Okay, great. Then another one is um, sale in emphasis. So something's on sale. How do I show that to the customer? And that one, that one's kind of a multi-pronged solution. So we have labels that can say, just it says right next to the product, it's on sale. We can bold the, uh, the price, for example. So it showcases just a little bit more. We can make the price red if we wanted to. We can highlight the whole screen or the whole pr product line. We can make a new product section that automatically pulls in all of the sale prices or all of the items on sale of a certain category. And then we'll get a retailer who will say, I love what you did on the textiling of my sale prices. Have you thought of this? And a couple of things happen there. It's yes, we've thought of it and it's on the roadmap. You'll see it live in X amount of time or no, that's a great idea. Let us stew on it. And then we, we put it on a whiteboard. We figure it out. Maybe we improve it. Maybe we realize it doesn't work for some reason, but we can modify it a little bit. So that's our whole process. That's what we're, it's just a big, it's just, we're taking in as much feedback as we possibly can and then integrating it into our solution. And so far it's yielded a really a flexible, meaningful product, which is, which is really exciting. And getting that feedback from those dispensary owners, the people that are actually using your product to shape what you guys are doing is key. That's what we try and do at Push It. We're constantly seeing how can we improve what we're doing based on the feedback of the people that are actually using it. And that's how ideas get better. And it's so cool to see your roadmap just grow and change as cannabis operators infuse their own ideas into what you're creating. So you're obviously getting a lot of positive feedback as you're meeting with cannabis operators, but what happens when you get negative feedback? What do you guys do with that? That actually goes back to our cannabis experience, knowing and retail experience, honestly, knowing how challenging it is and knowing the day-to-day -day problems of retail and knowing that the use of BudSense in, even though I value it quite highly, it's usually not the first thing on a, on a manager's list. They're putting out fires all over the place. So the first thing is being sympathetic to that position and then understanding how do we create, how do we create a vehicle for them to get support immediately? So what we did is we put a live chat support in our application. And anytime someone has a problem, it could be their problem. It could be our problem. Something could be broken, something that they might want to learn about, but anything they can type in their support request into our live support. 
And it actually goes to our entire team's Slack. So everybody on the team sees the support request coming in. So not only can we provide quick, efficient support when someone needs help, but we also see problems really quickly. And then we see, so we can see short-term, near-term problems, which might be a bug, something not working. It's software. It's not always going to work. So we can fix that. We can get the uptime back. And then we can also learn. So we can learn from those, the support requests, because that's oftentimes where we can mine ideas from people. And yeah, like sometimes people are frustrated and we let them be frustrated because they have a challenging job. And the last thing that they need is for us to push them away or not help them or whatnot. So we meet them at the problem and then we help to solve it as fast as possible. And we touched on something there with live support where we haven't really got into, but Budsense actually has a platform where the retailer can log in. And that was really important to me because nothing is worse than standing next to a broken menu and not being able to get a hold of the support or not being able to email the people. With Budsense, you can log into the platform and you can make changes. So you can edit names, you can move things around, you can change your merchandising strategies, and then you can also help ask for help. You're talking about digital menus and what you're doing there. Talk a bit about your paper menu solution and how that kind of adds flexibility to what you're doing. Because I know sometimes it's nice to have a paper menu with the sale items and things on it. So how did how is that kind of adding flexibility to what you guys are doing? Paper menus have been an interesting journey. You kind of have two things. You mentioned flexibility. But there's also the tactile nature of paper menus that's interesting where people like holding something and they like to be in full control of, of reading that. And there's also not an interface with technology, which is seems to be a little bit rare right now. People like to feel it. People like to hold it. So that, that, that's a big plus. But what really intrigues me about Paper Menu is the flexibility that, that we were talking about before, because that informs the ability to really do anything. Like once you bring your merchandising away from a fixed digital infrastructure, you're only going to have so many screens. Paper, you can have as many acrylic stand-ups or as many books as you want. And that's just the starting point, really. So we see this massive increase. And the reason is because of the flexibility it provides. You don't have to have all your SKUs on paper menus, but you could have a flyer. You could show some your daily deals. Not only is there that tactical feel about it, but that kind of shows the nuance of BudSense where, yes, the paper menu is important, but it's a vehicle for flexibility. And that's where BudSense thrives. I know that you're a big geek when it comes to marketing. What are some creative ways that you've seen dispensaries using marketing to grow their businesses? Oh, yeah. Um, creating excitement. I find the first step of cannabis merchandising is putting stuff on the shelf and getting a price on it. And that's challenging in itself. But what we're really trying to put the push the limits on is, hey, what do you do after that? It's like, when's the last time you've gone into a dispensary and you've been thinking about wanting to buy an edible and your mouth is watering? You're thinking of words like taffy and lemon drop and, and it's and you're excited because ultimately, like we're selling weed, we're selling a recreational product for someone to go home and watch a movie or go for a walk or spend a day at the beach like. It's exciting. It's fun. The other thing is let's create excitement around deals about basket building. So daily deals was one that I, I mentioned, which is really cool, where you have like a happy hour or something where your free rolls are 10% off. Make a day different. Like just 
choose a day, create a special, run with it. And then the other thing is flexibility in the store. You asked, how do you market better? So let's think McDonald's, right? They have a drive-through, they have the counter, and then they have an app that you can do pickup and they have that kiosk that you can order from. And then within that, they have all these other menu structures. And that's McDonald's where you probably know what you're going to order before you even walk in. So for a dispensary, like we better at least have a couple merchandising options to attract the customer and have fun. My, my favorite marketing in cannabis is how do we have fun with it? There's one store I saw in LA, they have a bunch of clones growing in the store. There's this glass room in the middle of the dispensary with a bunch of clones. And it's like, yeah, this is a plant after all. Like the government makes us, the government regulations usually make us package it up and put it in the little container. But like, yeah, let's remind ourselves where where it's coming from and have a little bit of fun with it. That's where I see marketing. Like you said, they're selling an experience. Really, at the end of the day, at a dispensary, you're selling an experience, whatever type of experience the user wants. So buying it should be an experience too, an experience of joy and delight. And I love that idea of mouth watering, like going in there Then there's like lemonades and all these different things. So it should be an experience shopping. So you using marketing to create that experience for customers is so key. And it's awesome to see you guys utilizing technology and to just create some of that joy and delight. The real experience is when that consumer gets the product home, unboxes it and get to use it. And then our influence in that is what did we do to excite them for that? What did we do for, to prepare them for that? What do they know about the product that they're going to consume? And what are their expectations? If we can meet or exceed their expectations by the story that we've created around the product that they took home, that's where we really win. Let's go granular. Let's focus on the product. We need to ensure every product that someone's buying, they at least have a fraction of the story to improve their consumption experience. And that's ultimately what's going to keep them coming back. The tree in the middle of the dispensary is cool. But if they're not getting a satisfactory product experience, they're losing. And the funny thing is they could try the same product from two different stores and either love it or hate it, depending on how they were prepped for the experience that they were going to enjoy at the end of the day. And they'll tell that story to their friends and family, whatever the story that they were hoping for, like, oh, I couldn't sleep. And I started using you know, CBD and I was able to sleep. They'll tell that story if you're able to sell that story. So that's so key for business owners to keep that in mind as you're, you know, running your business. What's one of the things that's really surprised you about working in the cannabis industry? My biggest one is that it exists. I know it's a lame answer, but I didn't think we'd be here. My surprise is being exposed to the cannabis world in a way that I didn't even know it existed. The amount of people that I have met that have poured their life into this industry is humbling and inspiring. Like everywhere you look, glass blowers, cultivators, producers, it's remarkable. It's humbling. Like this is why I care so much about merchandising because at the end of the day, there's this big gap between what's in the store and what's in the ground. And we need to at least attempt to facilitate that story from the grower to the consumer. And we can do that via menus. I'm blown away by the depth of the industry. I feel like it's my 
obligation to, to use BudSense to fill as many of those gaps as we and tell as many of those stories as we can. So we didn't really get into your story too in depth about being a dispensary owner, but as a dispensary owner, what is one tip you can give to the other owners out there to grow their business? One quick tip, be comfortable with failure. No matter what, you're going to make mistakes. So at least try to bake some flexibility into your plan and don't spend your full budget on day one. You're going to have to make modifications to your space and it's just inevitable. So try a lot of things, be comfortable with trying, but then what's even more important is trimming what doesn't work. So when you're starting from zero and you're trying a bunch, inevitably stuff's going to not work. Even if you hit 90%, you got to cut that 10% because if you don't, you got a bloated system and your, your operation will fall apart and you'll be really stressed. So be comfortable with change, be comfortable with making mistakes, be as flexible as you possibly can and give yourself a break. It's hard, but it's rewarding and you have time to make mistakes and learn because we are at the infancy of the of recreational cannabis. We all have so much to learn. It's a long journey ahead. So how can our listeners find out more about you and the work you're doing at BudSense or if they're looking at their current solution for their customer experience and they're like, ah, I need to step this up. How can people find out more about you, David? If you want to track me down, the best place is probably LinkedIn. Follow me, David Thomas on LinkedIn. Send me a DM. I love talking about new dispensaries, old dispensaries, plans. It doesn't always have to include BudSense. BudSense is just a tool. We can talk about your goals and figure out where you're going. And I'm happy I'm happy to share any of you guys that I can. How to learn more about BudSense. Best way is to find us on our website. It's mybudsense.com. You can explore some of the blogs and then also just request a demo. So go to our about page, request a demo, and you'll be able to schedule it right on there and uh, we'll get in touch. I'd encourage all the listeners to go check out mybudsense.com. And uh, thank you so much for taking this time to chat and to really talk about creative ways to help customers get what they need and to share what you guys are doing. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Tom. Really happy to be here. And uh, thanks for the invite. I I had a blast. David really shared so many great insights for cannabis retailers in how to market yourself and how to really share that experience of cannabis with your customers. Like I said, we're selling an experience and being able to be experts in what you're selling, being experts in that experience is so key. And so again, I want to thank David for coming on the show and encourage you to go check out BudSense and the solutions they have for cannabis retail operations to really make your customer experience better. Thanks for listening to the KayaCast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or visit our website at kayacast.fm to learn more about our guests and to access the full archive of episodes of the show. We can't wait to share more stories with you each week of cannabis retailers launching, growing, and scaling their business.